Good morning, Arbor Church. Glad to have you with us again on this Sunday. My name is Scott Hetherington. I'm one of the speakers here at Arbor Church. I'm on the teaching team. And I'm thrilled to be with you again today to share some truths from the Word of God in our current series, Still. Last week, Brian talked to us about God is still working. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about God is still moving. Oftentimes, we have moments in our lives where things are uncertain. When maybe we're facing an impossible situation, we're overcome with fear, and it doesn't seem like there's any way out of it, and we're like, hello, God, are you still there? Is anything happening? Are you still alive and working in here? Are you still moving with me, or am I just left to move forward on my own? I think we have all thought of situations like this, and from humorous as we look back on them now to maybe serious or traumatic. Um, I think of one with my son, Zach. He's my middle kid. He's at Montana State University, and when he got into Montana State and he got accepted, he goes, that's it, I'm done with the whole college process. I'm not applying anywhere else, I'm in. And he has heart set on going. And his plan was to go through the National Guard and have them pay for college and serve in the National Guard, then serve after college. And he went through all the testing. He did everything he needed to do. And he was approved by the Montana State Guard. And we came home from that test and we were ready to go. And then one morning, about a week later, he called me up and says, Dad, you need to get over here. And I came to the house and I'm like, what's wrong? He just started crying. He said, Dad, I, I didn't get in. I got disqualified. I'm like, what happened? Apparently, they found out that I had asthma when I was a kid still. I told them I had asthma, but I hadn't used an asthma inhaler since I was a child. But you remember I had to have one prescribed when I was high school for football. And because of that, even though he didn't use it and didn't need it and passed the asthma test and all of that, they disqualified him. And in that moment, I saw my son's eyes kind of like give up hope. He's like, how am I going to do this? I'm not going to college. I can't go to Montana State. And everything for him seemed to be done in that moment. But to his credit, we formulated another plan. He decided to move to Montana, spent a year working, got residency, got a job, worked his way into college, and here he is three years later still in college at Montana State studying to be an architect. I share that story with you because in that moment, my son felt like it was over. It was impossible. There was no way out. Yet God was still moving. God was still working and wanted him to continue forward on that path. So I want us to think about that today as we delve into our message today, that God is still moving. The birth of Jesus is one of the most known and retold stories in the Bible. The song, Away in a Manger. No, I know you. Lo I love singing children's songs, but I'm not going to sing that to you all today. But the song, Away in a Manger, is sung by adults and children around the world. Yet, before there was a baby... Before there was the star, before there were the shepherds in the field, before there were angels singing in the sky, before there were the magi, there were two young people who encountered an impossible situation. The short story of Joseph and Mary is the prequel to the headline story of the birth of Jesus. Yet, in that prequel, in that story, something takes place that you and I can learn today that God is still moving. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I pray as I'm speaking today, God, that you would move me out of the way. I pray that your words would come forth. I pray that you would give us ears that want to hear, 
hearts that want to hear, and sorry, <laughs> ears that want to hear, hearts that want to listen, God, and feet that want to put into action. Go with me today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said last week, Brian talked and shared about how for 400 years, Israel had entered a time of silence. They had heard nothing from God, no new prophecy, no new messages. As a result, the Jews were living out the laws Moses had given to them and holding up the promises from Abraham, Jacob, and all the prophets that had followed. They were under the control of the Roman Empire. And while they had mostly religious freedom, they were not the kingdom they once were. They lived in the hope of the Messiah coming back and restoring them to a kingdom of power that all the nations feared and bowed down to. And somewhere in this back set, they waited and they waited and they waited. And I know for me, oftentimes in life, it's in that waiting that we wonder, is God still moving? And for many, they wondered if God was indeed still moving. Yet God still was. In all those years, all those failures of leaders, the Jewish nation and the long exile, the 400 years of silence, God was still moving, but not in the way they expected. And that's what we need to remember. A teenage girl named Mary and a young carpenter named Joseph Mary, this young, humble, scared teenage girl. Joseph, an up-and-coming carpenter in his area. All these hesitations and questions and fears and wonderings that they encountered together would become the, would become the backdrop for Jesus to enter the world. They both had hopes and dreams. They both had fears and wonders. They didn't know what they were going to do. Yet on the shoulders of these two young people, God shows Israel, shows the Jewish people, and shows us today that he was still moving, even though it didn't look like the way we thought it would. I want to look at both Joseph and Mary today, before the birth of Jesus, and share some precepts from their experience that are still relevant to us today as we walk through our own struggles, our own lives and as we walk through the silence of life sometimes, I want you to look for three things from these stories that I think are true for us to take home today. When it seems impossible, God is still moving. When we are afraid, God is still moving. When we are uncertain, God is still moving. And the sticky point I want you to take with you and the takeaway when you go home today, when <clears throat> God is still moving, so we need to get moving with him. God is still moving. Get moving with him. Let's start with Joseph. Let's begin by looking at the man, the groom, the carpenter, who is to serve as an earthly father of the Messiah. Joseph was the descendant of David, a long lineage and genealogy that's laid out at the beginning of Matthew for you to read. But we're going to pick the story up in Matthew 1, chapter 18 through 25. Follow along as I read. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought this over, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. That is a crazy story if you don't believe the scriptures. There are a lot of things that just don't make any sense, let alone the fact that Mary, a virgin, is conceived through the Holy Spirit to have a child. Joseph was faced with an impossible situation. Unbelievable. Incredulous is probably how he felt, and that's an understatement. Joseph found himself in this impossible situation wondering, what am I going to do? I'm betrothed to this young lady. My honor and integrity is at stake, and she is saying she's pregnant, and it's from the Holy... This, does make, this doesn't make sense. We have not been together. In his mind, he decided, I don't want to disgrace her, but I need to do what's right. I will quietly go over here, file for a divorce in the betrothal, let her go her way, and I will go my way. And nobody would have blamed him. I don't even know if Mary would have blamed him or her family at the time. But seriously, in the midst of this, there was a deep struggle because this was an impossible situation and seemingly no way to navigate out of it. Yet Joseph, in his uncertainty, waited. In verses 19 through 20, we read this. He is a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, but thought this over before he put her away. He thought it over. He was uncertain. Even though he felt like there's no way out of this, here's my plan. This is what I'm going to do. Maybe I don't want to do that. To me, this describes so many situations where I find myself like, I don't know what to do, God. I, I don't, all right, you want, okay, fine. I'm going to go this way. Maybe I shouldn't. I'm going to go this way. Maybe I shouldn't. There is all this uncertainty. He thought it over. He was pondering, thinking, what do I do in this situation? He was uncertain. I know he was afraid, all right? I, I would have been afraid. First of all, you were going to get married. That's, that, that's nerve-wracking enough. And now you find out someone you hadn't slept with is pregnant and there's a story going around. There's a lot of fear in there. But the first time when the angel came to him, he says to Joseph, the first, one of the first things he says, Joseph, son of David. He reminds him of who he is, son of David. You're a warrior child. Your, your father's father's father, David, was a warrior king. You have this in you. And he says to him, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because I am moving still. I have a plan. I have a direction. It may not look like anything you could ever perceive, but I am still moving, Joseph. And I need you to not be afraid. Joseph, in that moment, decided to do the right thing. Joseph, in that moment, saw that God is still moving I'm going to get moving with him. Not my will, God, but your will. I don't think we can undersell how difficult this was. And in fact, verse 34, we read this. Verse 24, we read this. And Joseph woke up from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. I, in front of the community, 
despite everything that people might know or not know, he did what God told him to do because when he saw God moving, he got moving with him. Let's take a look at Mary. I don't know if you've ever stopped to think for a moment about Mary. She, she's just a teenage girl. Probably not much older than 16 to 18 at the most. She's betrothed to Joseph, this rugged, handsome-looking, carpenter type of guy, a little bit like I'm looking right now. If you were here, you would laugh at that, but it really carries no humor right now in an empty room. It just sounds arrogant, so I will move on from my poor attempt at humor. Thank you, Brian, for laughing back there. All right? Mary, though, a scared teenager. But as we look at the story of Mary, I want you to remember these three things again. When it seems impossible, God is still moving. When we are afraid, God is still moving. When we are uncertain, God is still moving. And when we understand that God is still moving, we better get moving with him. So let's look at the story of Mary and see if those things pop out in her story as well. We pick her story up in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting was this. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. When we read these, try to read them like you're in the room. There really is some shock and awe going on here with this poor teenage girl. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. I love this. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? I don't know where you come from, but things work differently down here. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the Lord's bondservant, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As you look at that passage, we see these things again. When we are uncertain, verse 28 said, when they said the Lord is with you, even in silence he is with you, for 400 years when the Jews heard nothing, he was with them. But Mary, when she heard this message, she said this, but she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting is this. What do you mean the Lord is with me? How can that be? I don't understand. I, I don't know how. what is happening here. Tons of uncertainty. Verse 29, sorry, and then verse 30, we hear the angel say this. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. He knew right then, Mary's probably like freaking out. Angel walks into my room, tells me I found favor with God, he's delivering me some news, and says, don't be afraid. How do we not be afraid? How do I not do that? Because God is still moving. How do I not, I'm uncertain, I don't know what this means. God is still moving. Fear is the tool of the enemy. Fear is a liar. It will blind us, deceive us, and send us far from the truth. 
It's interesting that the angels uttered these same words when they appeared to the shepherds in the field. Fear not. Constantly, when we are faced with uncertainty and an impossible situation, God is telling us, do not be afraid. She was in an impossible situation. In fact, Mary says it herself in verse 34. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? And then the angel answers, nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible in Christ. We may not see how. We do not have the eyes, the perspective, and an omniscient God. We do not understand the great I am. Our God knows beyond all our circumstances, beyond all our perspectives, beyond anything we can perceive. It reminds me of my mom growing up in church. I don't know if your mom had this superpower. But I could sit anywhere I wanted in church, but my mom would strategically place herself somewhere behind, further behind me. And I remember I could be sitting in church up on the right side with all the other kids in the youth group. And as the sermon's going on, we're laughing, we're talking, we're passing notes because we didn't have phones back then. There was no texting. I know, shock and awe. We likely had to write it down and underarm pass it down the aisle or under your leg and sneakily. We were passing notes back and forth and we were writing. And I'm just in the middle of writing a note back down to the cute girl at the end of the aisle. And all of a sudden, like, the back of my head starts to feel warm. Like somebody's boring like flames into the back of my head and I'm starting to get twitches and I'm getting all anxious and tight. And I feel it just burning a hole back there and I kind of do the little yawn stretch, look over my left shoulder and sure enough, there's my mom. My beautiful, sweet, sensitive, you know, tender mom, boring like flames, like the eyes of a demon right in the back of my head, giving me that look of, you better not, you better not. I don't know if you have a mom that can do that. That can look through walls. Don't you roll your eyes at me. What'd you say? I heard you. How did you know I said that? This is what I'm talking about. We don't have the perspective of God. We don't have the understanding, the, the, the omniscient intuition of a God to know that all things are possible. But I do know this. When we discover that God is still moving, we better get moving with him. When I discovered my mom saw what I was doing, I better get in line. Because if I didn't get in line, there was going to be the famous, we're going to talk when we get home. And I didn't want to have the talk when we got home. So I got in line and I got moving in the right direction. And Mary said to him in verse 38, Behold the Lord's bondservant. May it be done to me according to your word. She became obedient. She got moving with God. Through Mary's obedience, she gave birth to the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior of us all, the Son of God, that she would see die, rise again, ascend into heaven, and be called her heavenly Father. Out of these two stories, I want you to remember, when it seems impossible, God is still moving. When we are afraid, God is still moving. When we are uncertain, God is still moving. God is still moving, so we need to get moving with him. But I want to draw one more parallel. There's one more story we haven't told. And that's the story of Jesus. Are you ready for this? I want you to listen to this part. This is awesome. When the angel visited Joseph, he told Joseph something. In verse 32, he told Joseph this. Verse 22. Now all this took place so that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which translates God with us. Do you know what Emmanuel is Hebrew for? God with us. God the Almighty comes together with us. Finding himself in an impossible situation, Joseph is told his son's name will mean God with you. 
The minute he was uncertain, the minute he was afraid, the minute he felt impossible, how ironic that the child of his betrothed wife would be called God with you. And it doesn't stop there. And then he does exact, the angel says the exact same thing to Mary. He tells Mary, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus. Did you know that in the Greek, Jesus is Joshua? And that Joshua means rescue us, deliver us. It literally means God saves us. God delivers us. So here's a virgin, teenage girl being told you're going to have a baby. She's freaking out. She's afraid. This is impossible. What am I going to do? And the name of your child is God will rescue you. God will save you. I know in my situations, oftentimes the last thing I want to hear is someone say, God will use this. God will do, do something good out of this. God means for us well in this. There's many times I really don't want to hear that. I just kind of want to maybe slap the person sometimes, but I know that's not very Christ-like. But in these moments, we have to understand those are the truths because it's the very name of Jesus. Emmanuel, Jesus, he rescues us. He comes to be with us. He is the rescuer. One last thing. Let's look even a little further. Are you ready for this? We're not done yet. This gets even better. The very son that Joseph had to parent on earth, the very child that Mary gave birth to, the son of God, the Messiah, all right? 33 years later, we would find this Emmanuel, Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, all right? On his knees, uttering and living through the same truths that I just shared with you and Mary and Joseph in his last hours, Hours before he was to be crucified, we find him. And you can read about it in the passage in Matthew 28, sorry, Matthew 26, 36 through 48. Jesus has just asked his disciples to pre-priest pray, pray with him three times. And he walks away and it literally says he falls on the ground on his knees. And he's, he's just overcome and he's beseeching God. And I want you to listen to this. Listen. All right? He says some things. He says, I am distressed. I'm uncertain. My soul is deeply grieved. I'm afraid. Is there another way? This seems impossible. This is Jesus, the Savior, seemingly stuck in this situation. Where are you, God? And his name means, Jesus means, I, Jesus, will rescue you. And he's saying, where will you rescue me? Let's pick it up in verse 42. And he went away again a second time and prayed, saying, my father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. Jesus saw God was still moving. So Jesus got moving with him. And he moved to the cross. He moved to his death and he moved to his resurrection, and he moved back to heaven so that we could have the Jesus in our hearts because he is with us, he rescues us from impossible situations, from uncertain situations, from fearful situations. And our only response in those situations is when we see God moving, we get moving with him, and we say, not my will be done, God, but your will. Joseph and Mary were the prequel. There will not be a story to tell if we first do not get our hearts and minds in the right place with God. He had great things to do in the lives of two young people, and they obeyed him in an impossible situation. 
On Christmas Eve, we'll look at the birth of Jesus. His birth ushers in the greatest story for all mankind. And it began with a carpenter and a teenage girl who were facing the impossible, who were afraid, who were uncertain. I don't know where you are right now in life. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if you find yourself in an impossible situation with a bunch of uncertainty. You're afraid. I've been there. Many of us have been there. I think we find ourselves in there right now as a arbor as a church. Is God still moving or is he done? I want you to remember, when it seems impossible, when we are afraid, when we are uncertain, remember that the name spoken to Joseph and Mary Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus, God rescues us. So our response should be the same as Joseph the carpenter, the same as Mary the teenage girl, the same as our distressed, grieving Savior. May God's will be done, not ours. God is still moving because he rose, he lives, he reigns. So Arbor, God is still moving. Let's get moving with him. Let's pray.